Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Mark Fraley Podcast. Today is Friday, October 13th, 2023, and this is episode 103. Thanks, as always, to my friend Ron Trammell for our killer bumper music. It is a pleasant fall day here in Nashville, sunny skies and very dry, and we do need some rain. The weatherman is calling for a big chill down this weekend, and we just had a load of firewood delivered, so we're good to go. The Tennessee Recreation and Parks Association, TRPA, has been special to me since I first became a member in about 1976. This is the organization which brings together professionals working in state and local parks and recreation agencies throughout the state and provides opportunities for learning, fellowship, and advocacy. In the five or more years that we have been doing this, I've introduced you to many of the leaders in the parks and recreation field in Tennessee. Each year, the TRPA recognizes an individual who has made significant contributions to advancing the profession of parks and recreation with the Fellow Award. Our guest today, Michael Gorham, received the 2023 Fellow Award awarded recently at the TRPA Annual Conference. Mike is a former TRPA president and has served the organization in numerous ways. He has had a widely varied career in both the sphere of municipal parks and recreation, but also in military recreation. Mike retired in 2019 as the chief of sports, fitness, and aquatics at Fort Campbell. Yesterday, Mike came over to the house and we sat down for a conversation about his distinguished career. And so I hope you will enjoy this conversation with Mike Gorham. Michael Gorham, welcome to the Mark Fraley Podcast. Good afternoon. It's good to be here. Well, it's great to have you over here at White Oak Drive on this beautiful, sunny uh, fall day. It is a beautiful day. All right. And you've just come from the golf course, you tell me. I have, yeah. It's a great day to be out golfing. Absolutely. Well, Mike, thank you for agreeing to join us on the podcast. And congratulations to you on being one of the award winners this year of the Tennessee Parks and Recreation Association's Fellow Award. Thank you. It is, it is a great honor to be recognized by your peers. Well, it's, it's, it's fantastic and, and long overdue. Uh, your, your service to, uh, to TRPA is, um, is longstanding. So, uh, and, and much appreciated. I, I appreciate that. So, so, uh, so welcome and, and congratulations. Um, this year there were two winners and I've got to contact the other winner, uh, and, and interview her. Right. Um, but, um, over the course of the five years that we've been doing this podcast, I've interviewed about a dozen of the uh, fellow award recipients. I'm also one of the fellow award right. recipients. I haven't inter- inter- haven't interviewed myself, but um, as as I've prepared for talking with you, I, I have to observe right out at the start that you have one of the more more varied backgrounds, both within parks and recreation, and and then outside of parks and recreation as well in your in your uh, careers. Had a little difficulty holding a job. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you, you tended to move into more progressive responsibility, so that's, a, that's an important thing, too. Yeah. It is. I've had a, had a good career and have enjoyed most of it. Well, I wanna, I'm going to focus mostly, I think, on the, on the parks and recreation parts of this, 
Um, I know that you had uh, some work in public works and city management and that sort of thing. Um, and that's noteworthy. But let's start with this. Tell us a little bit about how you chose parks, recreation, natural resources management as a career. What was what, what about you and your and your growing up caused you to be thinking along those lines? Well, I believe it started when I was a, a young man. I traveled a lot with my family. Uh, we had almost an annual vacation, and it was to uh, Parish Landing State Park. We would go almost every August uh, to spend uh, four or five days uh, in August at the Parish Landing State Park Inn, and we would go up there and swim and picnic and sometimes we'd have one of the members one of the group would take a boat and we'd do some fishing and boating uh, and I just fell in love with with the state park and of course we could go to some of the state parks that were a little closer to us I grew up in middle Tennessee mm-hmm. uh, we could go to some of the state parks that were a little closer uh, on other times but I just fell in love with it and there was a particular ranger and I I'm sorry to say that I can't remember his name but uh, he really had a a strong impact on me uh, and I thought then that I would like to be a park ranger and so when I went into the Navy uh, and was assigned to the submarine I was on the command was looking for someone to be the recreation coordinator so I volunteered for that and so I was the coordinator of the intramurals programs I put our command softball team our flag football team our basketball team I coordinated all of that when we had a ship's party I coordinated all of that and so I helped with all of those getting the things together and I was our public affairs officer so when somebody respond wrote to the command I was the one that responded to send them a ship's patch or information on the history of the command or anything like that I would send those back out to the people that had inquired about it Uh, so your experience in the Navy was was before you attended college it was okay it was so i did all of that before attending college yeah, wow so when i got out uh, i was looking into something that would lead me to be in a parks and recreation or, or a park ranger is what i wanted to do so when i got out i had the gi bill and i looked into things and and volunteer state had a program that would help me to get into park to be a park ranger uh, so I studied uh, car- uh, conservation and environmental technology, which is where their focus was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my associate's degree there, and then I transferred to the University of Tennessee at Martin uh, and got my degree in natural resource management, again, thinking I was going to be that uh, park ranger. But I had an opportunity when I moved to Martin. They had a cooperative education program uh, with Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Okay. Uh, and so... I had an opportunity to go to school one quarter and work one quarter, oh, and cool. it helped pay for my college. Oh, cool. So I had an opportunity to work in military recreation. Right. Uh, so having been a veteran and working with the military, uh, I got an opportunity to help out in that place. So there I worked with outdoor recreation. I worked with military sports. Right. I worked with youth centers. I worked with uh, recreation centers on post, which was just kind of like a, a place where guys would go and play games and pool and things like that. You know, I want to get back and talk about your experience at Martin. Um, but before I do that, I, I have to observe that that the, 
you're, you've got a lot of history in military recreation in your in your background. I do. Uh, and um, but you know, in our in our uh, state association, we don't often see the folks from the military recreation services participating in the in the TRPA association. There's some exceptions to that. I remember the the people at Millington. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Naval Air Station uh, right. would frequently be involved when when the meetings were down in Memphis, um, but you know they weren't traditionally in, in involved. Right. Um, but and so it's really cool to see that background that you have. Well, and it's difficult sometimes to get the military to to do that, and I I tried a lot of times to do that, and right. I worked with Ronnie Miles, who used to be the MWR director there. Uh, to get his group involved, and and we were successful some. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronnie has retired now, and of course I'm out of military recreation. But uh, the it's difficult because they have other training requirements that they have. Of course, when I was at Fort Campbell and was a youth services director, we had boys and girls clubs that we were associated with, and and the boys and girls clubs had trainings that we were required to attend in order to maintain some of their things, some of their programs that they offered. So it's difficult for us to be away enough to get in into some of those programs. Right. Uh, and, and of course, the military a lot of times wants us to be at our jobs and sure, right, <laughs> to right, keep us in right. there. Uh, so I think people difficult. would generally be surprised at how extensive the recreation services are on these bases. Obviously, Veterans would not be surprised uh, because they, they've witnessed it. But just the ordinary walking around citizen uh, would not be aware so much. That's true. And, you know, Fort Campbell, for instance, is, is just like a city in, its, in itself. Uh, they have virtually everything on Fort Campbell that you would have in any city. The garrison commander acts just like a mayor would in, a, in any right. other city. They have a fire department, a police department. Uh, the youth services program there uh, takes children from almost from birth all the way up through high school, right. uh, and and they're not a hundred percent. They can't take all of them, of course, but they take a a large number of the the youth of the families right. that are serving. Right. So, well, you know, you um, if your if your goal was to be a ranger. You pick the, the right uh, educational institution to go to. Uh, I guess if you looked at our Tennessee State Parks and uh, who are the Rangers, um, many of them have, have are graduates of the UT Martin program. Uh, and I, I put that on Philip Lavely. Yeah. Um, tell us about your experience there at Martin and about Dr. Lavely in particular. Well, it, it was a wonderful experience, uh, and, and you're right. I mean, it was a great background for uh, going into, you know, the natural resources. All of the professors there, and, and Doc Lavely especially, was wonderful in giving us that background that we needed. Uh, of course, Mike Robertson, who's the chief ranger for the state parks, is is a graduate. He and I went to school together, uh, and they had many of the classmates that I had uh, were graduates of UT Martin and they they had a lot of my classmates that were student uh, trainees in the in the Ranger Corps during the interns in the Ranger Corps during the the uh, 
summers while I was right. in school there. Right. And uh, I just had gotten the opportunity to go into military recreation and, and chose to do that because mm-hmm. I almost had a job waiting on me when I got through with college. Exactly. So it was a good opportunity for me. Well, Dr. Lavely um, just was an inspirational sort of guy. And I, I remember that there was a lot of focus on camping and campground management. There was. Yeah. There was. Yeah. And, and we worked on campground design and ideas for things like that. And I can't go into a campground now without looking at, <laughs> at what they have done right and what they've done wrong exactly. and things like that. And I think it drives my wife crazy sometimes. Well, it's... it's, it's in, any park and recreation profession, professional, um, you know, when they'll do a windshield tour of, of the park facility, mm-hmm. and they'll be able to spot things that the walking around citizen w- just would miss, would not recognize, exactly. and would not see. Yeah, that's true. Well, early in, in your career, uh, you got a job working for the city of Fairview. I did, and I want to hear about about your experience there. Well, Fairview was, it was an opportunity that uh, most people don't get because Fairview has a, an 800-acre nature park. Uh, Fairview is a small community. Uh, it's growing, of course, because it's just outside uh, Nashville, and, and a lot of people are living there now and commuting into Nashville. It's in Williamson County, uh, but uh, they have an 800-acre nature park that is just a jewel. Uh I went in there just shortly after an ice storm, and it had done a lot of damage. A lot of pine trees had been damaged, but Dr. Bowie... All right, yeah, tell the story about how, about how Fairview got that park. Dr. Bowie uh, owned the land and donated the land. She had gone in and had planted pine trees all over that land. She was a physician. She was a physician there right. in town. right. Uh, and when she passed away, she donated that land to the city. Uh, and it had the stipulation that it had to be a park for all the people of Fairview. Uh, and she donated that land. And when I went in, it, it like I said, several of the pine trees had been knocked over by the ice storm. Some of them had fallen on the playground. Uh, and we had to go in and inventory all of the parts and order new parts and rebuild the playground and and the nature fest was coming up that they have every year uh, and we were trying to get ready for that it's a big chamber event and everything that they try and make a big deal and, and it is a big deal every year uh, but we were in the process while i was down there we were trying to do a master plan to try and get trying to do some trails in there and trying to get some things developed in the nature park so that it could be used and and now they've done a lot with it and uh, they've got a uh a nice development in there. I think they've used just a corner of the of the park to develop. You know, I think they've got City Hall in there now and some things like that. And so they've de- developed some of it, uh, and it, it's it's really become a nice park. But I was there at the very start of it when it was there wasn't much there. And like I said, we were trying to do a master plan so we could do some development in there and get some trails in. And we we did some of that while I was there. Right. Uh, and you worked with Lowson Associates in, in that to develop, master plan. To develop the first master plan for it, yeah. yes, to kind of come up with an idea of what we could do in it. Tell our listeners a little bit about about uh, who, who Lowson Associates is. You and I as professionals know of them, mm-hmm. but our, our listeners might not know. 
Well, David Lowe's uh, and associates, uh, Chris Camp and some of the people that work there, I think Chris is retired now. David passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, David is a fellow award winner. He was posthumously awarded last year, I believe. Exactly. uh, Wonderful group of individuals that are an architect and engineering firm. Uh, I think they're based in Nashville, but they have firms in, I think, Georgia and maybe there may be another one in I know there's one in Georgia, but I'm not sure where else. But uh, they do a wonderful job. They work with a lot of parks and recreation departments around the southeast primarily. But they develop sporting areas. They develop all kinds of uh, parks areas, natural areas. And they just do a wonderful job of working with communities and, and groups and everything, just developing environmentally friendly and and natural areas Mm -hmm. for communities and and parks uh parks and recreation facilities around the state and around the southeast and they have been in the business for a long time they really do a great job and so did did you actually have a a a product of of a a master plan for that park was that ever produced i I don't believe it was completed before i left I, i was given another opportunity and left uh, before I think it was completed. Right, right. Well, I know that you, in, in your life as in Parks and Recreation, um, has served also as the Parks and Recreation Director at Portland, Tennessee. Hmm. And I can remember that one of my friends, Kyle Dunn, had been the director up at, at Portland at one time. Right. Uh, I guess you came in after Kyle or before Kyle? No, I was I was after Kyle. Kyle okay. was there, and then there was another director in between us, okay. and then I came in after him. Okay. Uh, Tell us and, about that experience. Well, Portland is a, is a small community as well and growing. It's probably about, I'd say probably about 12,000 now. Uh, but that was another community that... Uh, we did develop a master plan and, and completed it, and it's actually, uh, I think they're doing another master plan now because we've just about completed that one. But we were able to get a LPRF grant uh, for uh, some uh, ball fields. We developed a Richland Park, which has uh, several ball fields now, soccer and baseball, softball. And then we were able to build a, an amphitheater and uh, the amphitheater came in after I was done. I think Barbara Keene was the director at oh, the yeah, time. Oh, yeah, Barbara, right. And uh, she came in after I left, and we got a, a rails to trails walking and biking trail built, uh, and then they've, they've converted Meadowbrook Park to a dog park. It's got a walking trail, but it's got a dog park in it as well, mm-hmm. and they've just built some new sand volleyball courts in there. So it's it's coming along. It's building up real nice in, in Portland. But uh, Lowson Associates did that master plan as well. Uh, we've got a pavilion that we built up there, and we actually were able to build a uh, boundless playground up there beside the pavilion. And one of our community partners up there uh, came in and gave us a, a, some help to get another LPRF grant so that we were able to build the pavilion and the playground with no money out of the oh, city nice. coffers. Nice. Uh, nice. They they did the matching part for the LPRF grant, so it didn't cost the city anything. Nice. So nice. that was very helpful uh, for them to do that. And, so. and, and during your during your tenure at Portland, uh, you got yourself really involved in the TRPA, in in leadership in the in the TRPA. 
I did. I, I had served in in several positions. Uh, I'd been on the membership committee and the membership chair, and then I'd been in nominations and elections, and then uh, I served as the president-elect and president while I was in Portland. Uh, and and it was it was a great experience. I, I got to know a little bit more even of the ins and outs and the workings of the uh, of the association. Worked very closely with Candy, of course, and all of the all of the members of the board. I was going to ask if if Candy was the executive director at that time, or or was it Kathleen Williams? No, it, it was, was it was Candy, Candy at that for time. sure. Yeah. Well, you know, in 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 preparation for this interview. Um, I found some newspaper uh, articles uh, that were reporting at the time, and this was during the the Don Sunquist governor's administration, uh, several years before there had been approved a, a tax on real estate transfers, mm-hmm. and the proceeds of which is dedicated to supporting local park and recreation developments. Um, and Governor... Pardon me, I said Sunquist that it was Governor Bredesen. I, I misspoke. Governor Bredesen was proposing to uh, to uh, segregate that money and, and put it back in the general fund. And I saw a quote from you in the front page of the Tennessean uh, objecting to that on behalf of the parks professionals. Tell us about that experience. Well, that was something that a lot of times uh, politicians do things and they don't uh, they've gotten input from one side of the story and they don't necessarily have the entire input and they don't realize what an impact that might have on all of the people Uh, and those local parks and recreation funds affect all of the people in Tennessee because those grants go to fund across the state and they help out people of all economic backgrounds and of all parts of the state, they don't, they're not just one segment right. or one part of the associate, one part of the state. They they help out everyone across the state, and and every group gets to benefit from those funds. And when they are used to build, you know, parks like like we built in Portland, or like you know they build in whatever small community they may go to, uh, they're benefiting the the entire population of the state. And that that's something that I don't think they all re- realize and that they don't recognize. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for small communities especially to raise that kind of funds. But if they can get something that where a community can raise part of the funds, even like I said, through a partner in their community, if they've got an industrial partner or or somebody or if they've got a somebody that can benefit or can help them to do that. Right. Everyone in that community benefits, and then people that pass through, tourists or whatever, is going to benefit from it as well. Right. And it just goes so far when we can spread that money around. You know, it's my experience that, you know, we have park and recreation departments in, you know, 50 or 60 small towns and and big cities in Tennessee. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of departments, and those... uh, those directors and uh, have have local knowledge of their legislators. Yeah, they do. Uh, they they go to the barber shop with the state senator or the, or the state representative and and um, and have often have communication with them. And the Tennessee Parks and Recreation Association can be very effective uh, when they talk to those leader that those leaders at home. Right. 
Right. Uh, is, is was was there any kind of dynamic like that going on at those times with Governor Bredesen? Well, we we did meet with him uh, at that time, and then we actually had a a group that uh, went up and met with uh, Senator Frist uh, about the same time because they were talking about cutting the federal funding for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went up and met with uh, Senator Frist as well to ensure that they knew how important that funding was that we were getting from the federal side. Right. Uh, so. We, we try everything that we can to make sure we that they understand how important the funding from both sides, you know, keeping the, the part from the state and from the federal side, how important it is. So, You know, the state government does a lot of stuff uh, for park, local park and recreation. We have, you know, funds that are grant funds that can be available for building facilities. And we also have um, a technical assistance service that, that local agencies can get a hold of and, and get advice about whatever, how, how the board is formed or whatever. It, from your perspective as a former director, uh, is, is the state doing what it should or are they doing enough? Uh, should they be doing different things? Um, how, how does our state government do, look from the standpoint of a local government recreation agency? I think Tennessee does a wonderful job of helping local governments. Uh, I mean, we've got the the group that that helps with judging the grants, that will provide assistance with hiring, with writing job descriptions, with coming out to tell you to help with a master plan mm-hmm. if you need help with that, right. to help you with what kind of facility you need right. to help you in developing your your entire program and things like that if you're a new facility or a new department. Uh, I think they're doing a wonderful job. I really, and, and they they will help with just about anything if you reach out to uh, to them, right. to the state, and say, you know, I'm lost here and I, I need some help right. and what do I need to do? And I, they'll... They'll come out to see you, or they'll help you on the phone, or they'll email with you and and reach out to you. And you've got the uh, used to be called Partas. Yes, Partas. Is it still, still yeah. Partas? Okay, I, I couldn't remember if they changed that's their what name. You were thinking about. I, I couldn't think. Didn't know if they were still called that or not. But Partas right. uh, that will come out and do all of those things for you and help out with them. And and they are just they've been wonderful in in anything that I've ever needed help with. So I think they do a wonderful job with that. So. You had have had some experience as a city manager as well, mm-hmm. and um, so you've had an opportunity to uh, to look at a whole city. I guess it was Millersville. Was that Mill- where you Millersville. were? Millersville. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had the opportunity to to try to recruit industry and do that sort of thing. How does Parks and Recreation play into in, into that? into those areas uh, does it influence uh, the choice that people make about locating a new business into t- in a town or city I think parks and recreation plays a major imp- impact on on recruiting businesses and industries into an area because they want to be in a place where people are going to come employees that they're recruiting are going to want to come and stay 
they're not going to want to have a lot of turnover with their employees. They're going to want to have somebody that's going to want to come in and stay at their at their home. They're going to want to be comfortable there, and that's going to cut down on their turnover. If they can do that, if they're going to have them a place where they can raise a family and stay comfortable and stay relaxed at home, then they, they'll be more happy. And Parks and Recreation adds to that. Uh, and I think that that's a very important part of it. And so these grants that we were talking about a minute ago help to build that, to help to help the communities to attract industry. And I think it's very important. All right. So it's it's worthwhile for the government to be involved in doing in, in promoting that. It certainly is. Exactly. The um, you know we were talking about your time uh, as the president of TRPA. Are there other observations that you can share with us about about your experience during during that time? Well, I think it's something that any anyone who's in parks and recreation needs to look at stepping into some of those leadership roles stepping up because it's it's something that's really eye-opening as a professional to see all of the different things that go into helping to make the association run and helping to make it successful because i think i think they will see how hard ann and Chantel work to make the association run properly uh, the heart and soul that they put into everything they do with whether it's from uh, a president's assembly to an annual conference which takes almost the entire year to plan and put together and what the conference committee has to do and all the coordination they do uh, but it's a it's a personal building thing it builds their self it'll build self-confidence it'll build your leadership abilities it'll build your professional growth because you meet so many different people it helps to to build you up and it's something that'll stay with you forever and you meet people that you'll never forget they, well you would you had the opportunity also as president to travel uh on behalf of the state and and uh, participate in the national and i guess right, still did they still have the regional conference back in they those did. days they did. Yeah. Uh, i know they've that, that doesn't happen anymore right. which is a shame it the is. southeastern yeah. regional was always a fun oh, meeting. It was. yes but um so your participation in those in those other meetings was meaningful to you it was it yeah. was and, and a lot of times you get at the, like the Southern Regional, you would get to see people that didn't normally get to go to the Nationals, and you'd get to see people, you know, I, I went to one in Birmingham, I went to one in, I believe it was Louisville or Lexington, one, I don't remember which, but I went to one in Kentucky and one in Alabama anyway. Right. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, and you, you see people that, you know, they might get to go to a regional, but they don't necessarily get to go to the National. And so you meet other people that you don't see at the, the Nationals. So it was always fun. Right. Enjoy those. So overall, Mike, you're, you picked, you picked uh, Parks and Recreation to be a career. Um, has it been fulfilling to you? It has. I think it's been a wonderful career. One of the, I guess, most fulfilling parts, I think, was probably the fact that when I was at Fort Campbell and I was a youth services director, uh, they asked me to do a... I guess a, a moving up talk for some youngsters that were moving from fifth grade to sixth grade. Okay. I was over the middle school and the high, high school group, the middle school and teen program. 
uh, and they asked me to come and speak to the fifth graders that were coming up to the sixth grade. And I got to thinking about that, and I said, you know, these these fifth graders are, you know, they're like 11 years old. And at the time, we had been in, in at war, at, and Fort Campbell is one of oh the my. most deployed oh units at, at the time. And, and we had been at war at that time for about, their entire life and so I was and because they're so so many times deployed it was like you know these youngsters had been probably without one of their parents about half of their life and so you know I went to talk to them and I realized that you know and it's just it's hard to imagine some some of those things that you know I, I was able to take care of some of those youngsters whose parents had been gone for almost all of their life half of their life at least wow. and that's that's hard to imagine but I, it was an honor to be able to do that and to take care of those youngsters uh after school and and do you know weekends where they could get out their parents could go take care of things they needed to take care of that they couldn't do on weekdays and things like that and so that's that's a it's a very fulfilling thought to be able to do that and take care of our soldiers who are off taking care of us and protecting us and our our way of life here. Well, that's a, that's a really significant and interesting insight uh, about what goes on on a, on a military base. It is. And, 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 and it uh, illustrates why there's a need to have those facilities there on, on base and people like yourself to, to manage them. Um, I would offer this. Um, you know, I know I've become familiar with two or three recreation centers here in the metro area, Metro Nashville. I'm thinking about the Coleman uh, mm-hmm. Community Center mm-hmm. um, over uh, on Nolansville Road. Um, and uh, you get the sense that there's that sense of family in those in those uh, centers as well. Uh, and, and kids that are, you know, um, growing up in households with single parents and that sort of thing. And, and, the, and the parks facilities, the recreation facilities become kind of a surrogate home right. for them. Right. So very, very interesting. So um, talk a little bit about recreation programming. Uh, you know, I think many people in the general public have the sense that what what's involved is all balls and bats and, and, and athletics and that sports and that sort of thing. Um, but local park and recreation is is about more than that. Tell us about it. It is about much more than that, and there are so many different things that we have to consider and that we have to do. Uh, one of our very popular programs that we did at Fort Camp, at excuse me, at Portland, mm-hmm. uh, was a Civil War Living History Camp. Yes, I noticed that, that that got an award of some of some sort. It did. Yeah. It got a, a four star award at at Portland, uh, and we had we were working with the uh, historical society in Portland, and and they had worked with a group, and they came up and they set up a Civil War camp, and uh, we did a, a living history camp up there, and we had school groups and all kinds of groups that came up but we had a very large turnout and it was a very popular event and and it was on a weekend uh, i think we did it on a friday and saturday okay. uh and it was very popular we set it up in richland park and and they came up and and really i think people really enjoyed it but again we we try and do things that 
appeal to other people because everybody's not into balls and bats and and kicking and things like that. In fact, I've got a friend that has told me that if it if anything if there's anything involving a ball that's that is involved in it, then his wife is not interested. So <laughs> and so you know we we try to do different things or have tried to do and you know involving you know whether it's indoor you know painting or cards or any type of activity we did a day camp up there for the children where we had lots of different activities uh indoor and outdoor we did we had a pool that was operating at the time it's not operating right now but uh you know we had a pool that was operating and they're trying to convert it now i think to a zero depth entry pool kind of like a splash pool i see uh and so, you know, there's a lot of different things that you do, but you, you have to have something for everybody that's offered. And again, there's a lot of different things you can do. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the number of things that you can do is endless, but uh, you can do parachute games and you can do uh, murder mystery games and you can do all kinds of things. But there's you have to offer something for everybody. The diversity is what you have to have in order to make a successful program. And I think that's what happens to a lot of programs is that somebody comes in and they're just a they're just a ball player and that's that's all they want to do is do ball and and that's that doesn't appeal to everybody. So, you know, that doesn't always work because there are other needs in the community and you have to appeal to everybody and you also have to appeal to every part of the community every part of the population you have to include everybody that's why we built a boundless playground that could have you know allow those who have limited abilities or have restrictions on their mobility to be able to get in to be participate participate participate. exactly yes you know i guess if you sit back and you try to analyze you know what is a a, an exceptional local park and recreation agency and what's just a, a mediocre one or maybe one's just an average one it, it, the thing that makes the difference is the diversity of program right i think you're right yeah so the the ones that have more diverse programming are are, are going to offer more more widespread more diverse ser- yeah, service programs. exactly yeah. um well, Mike, it's been a terrific privilege to have you here to talk with you about your experience in parks and recreation. Um, uh, any parting thoughts? No, I don't believe so. It's been good to get back together with you. It's been a while since we've seen each other, and it's it's been good to get back together with you and to, to talk a little bit about the years and the career. And yeah. So I appreciate the invitation, and, and again, it's an honor to have been recognized by the award. Super. And congratulations again, and thanks for joining us. Okay. Thank you.